It is good to have you here this morning. Isn't that exciting to be able to sing praises to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Praise forever. Praise forever. We're only just getting started. You know, I, I say it, I say it, I haven't said it a lot here, but one of the things I say a lot is God is just getting started. He is. What, he's, what we're able to start down here on this earth to sing praises to His name, the, the infinite unending God who stands outside of time, space, and all that we, we have. We get, to, we get to start down here, but then we get to, one of these days, we'll be in His presence forever and ever and ever. Right now we see through a glass dimly, but then one of these days we're going to get to see Him face to face. Isn't that going to be amazing? We have, we have many of our loved ones who have gone before. We have all those in Scripture, the, the prophets, we have the, the apostles, we have so many that we'll get to see. But one of these days, we're going to get to see Jesus. We're going to get to see Him face to face. We're going to get to see His hands. We're going to see His side. We're going to see His feet. We're going to see the one who made for you and for me all of this possible. Isn't that going to be amazing? If you've got your Bibles, I'll invite you to turn with me. I'll give you my... It is. It's... Turn with me if you've got your Bibles over to the book of Acts. We've, we've been working a little bit through the book of Acts. We read this past uh, Wednesday night, we were looking there at chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and, and power came and a violent rushing wind came and moved in the people's lives. Have you ever thought how far we've come? Look, look how far you've come. Think about it. I, I've thought about Actually, this morning when I was riding here, I was thinking about uh, how far we've come in our marriages. This past week, we, Wendy and I celebrated 21 years, and we've, uh, God's blessed us in so many ways. God's been good to us. He's, he's lavished His goodness out on us by allowing us to meet so many wonderful people along the journey just of marriage. Um, I posted a picture yesterday on Facebook of Harley. I, I think she was... I don't know, three or four years old on one picture, and now that's current, the other picture of where she was holding on to a tree. Uh, same little girl, different tree, but look how far they come. Right now, we, we've got a lot of families. They're posting prom pictures, graduation pictures. It's a, it's a sad time because they're, they're moving on. They're moving to a new stage in life, but, but to see those little ones, to see them grow up and be made into godly young men and women. We have come a long way. We've come a long way in, yes, in our homes and in our marriages. Think how far you've come in your Christian walk. Think about it for a second. You were saved when you, when you became a Christian. And my prayer, just like what Casey said earlier, my prayer is that every person in this room knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That you have a personal relationship with Him. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven by which men are saved except Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's you. I pray that you've trusted Christ. I pray that you have entered into a relationship and you're walking with Him daily. If you haven't, why not today? If you haven't, before today's over, right now, simply cry out for mercy. Cry out for forgiveness right now. You can simply trust Jesus right now. It doesn't just have to happen at the end of the service. 
doesn't just have to happen at a special service. It can happen anywhere. And the Spirit of God convicts you that, hey, you're lost. And you need a Savior. And Jesus is your hope. And you have to trust Him and believe. Remember, when you trusted Christ the very first time, Many of you were young, many of you were middle-aged, some of you may have been on up in age. But when you first trusted Christ, you entered into a journey with Jesus. And you started as newborn babies. And we started feasting on the milk of the Word. We started studying God's Word. Remember how when before you became a Christian, this book... It seemed like a, like a foreign object. It seemed like you was reading a book that it just didn't make sense. But then once you trusted Christ and the Holy Spirit came and you started reading and you started making it personal and he started explaining, hey, this is speaking to you. This is what I did for you. This is, this is not who you are anymore. This is who you are. You're not to think like this. You're to, you're to walk in the, in the image of Christ. You're to, you're to look at the way Christ lived and you're to imitate Him. We're to be imitators of Christ. Look how far we've come in imitating Christ. I've been saved since I was nine. I'm 44 now. You do the math on that. 35 years. Is that right? I'm waiting on somebody to say, uh-huh. I'm gonna stick. I don't know how old it is. I, I really don't know how. 34, I guess. 39, 34, one of them. A long time. <laughs> Where am I at? I'm on stage. Okay. Um, but we've been on a journey and we've come a long ways. I was nine when I was saved, and I'm 44 now. And I'm not who I was, and I've grown in my Walk. I've grown and I've become who God saved me to be. And I'm being made into the image of Christ. You know, there's so many things you can look at. Look how far we've come. Just look how far we've come. We can look at our kids. We can look at our, our personal salvation. We can look at our marriages. We can, we can look at, at so many different things. But this morning, I want us to look how far we've come as a church. Because if we're not careful, um, we'll glance over some very important things. And, you know, it's easy to be convicted in our personal lives. It is. It's easy to look at the Bible and see that you're not to do this and you are to do this and I did it or, or didn't do it. It's easy, but when we look at the corporate body, guys, there's power in this room. There's power in the unity of this room. There's power in the, in the lordship of Christ as we're, we're unified and we're following Christ being the head and we listen and we, we worship, we sing His praises, we honor Him, we, we do all those things because, yes, He is worthy of it all. But, Look how far we've come as a church. It's interesting to see how far, actually. Go, go back over in Acts chapter 2, beginning, beginning verse 41. Lots of places we could begin in. This past Wednesday night, we looked at Peter's sermon. He stands up and he preached with boldness. Him and all the disciples, we see them at the last 
They're running away. They're hiding. But here, Peter stands up and he boldly proclaims the truth of God's Word. And sort of a summary of every bit of it is found in our verse for the week. is verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made Him both Lord and Christ. Who? This Jesus whom you crucified. This same Peter, when he was empowered and indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, did not run and hide. No, he stood up boldly and proclaimed truth and said, You killed this Jesus. Upon hearing that, they were pierced. Now when they heard this, verse 37, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? When the truth of God's word intersects a person, what do I got to do? When the Holy Spirit of God comes upon a person and, and, and conviction, Holy Spirit created conviction of, hey, this is sin, this is wrong, this is not who you are. You are living for yourself, you're living in rebellion to a holy and righteous God and you're going to have to give an account one of these days. You're going to have to Stand before Him and you're going to have to face Him. And at that moment, nothing you can do will count except Jesus. When people hear that truth, what must I do? They're pierced to the heart. The Spirit of God pierces a person's heart. And they cry out, what do I need to do to be saved? Peter said to them, repent, each of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God called to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Notice verse 41. We get there. So then, those who had been received his word were baptized, and that day they were added about, can you imagine this, three thousand souls the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit comes and empowers God's people to stand up and boldly proclaim his truth unashamedly stand up to the people who who killed Jesus who literally killed him and says you kill the king of glory you did it but God raised him up and he made him both king and lord savior and lord master and lord and then the Holy Spirit came in and a radical move of God happened and 3,000 people were saved. Notice verse 42. When you think of church, when you think of this group here, when you think of this fellowship, what do you think about I mean, for different people, it conjures up different emotions, different feelings. For some people, let me go on and tell you this. There are lonely people in this room of 180. You say, really? There are lonely people sitting in a room of 180. There are, there are small groups. There are just husbands and wives kind of meandered in, and they'll sit, and they'll sing, and they'll wait on me, and they'll... Finish on out, and they'll walk on out the door, and they'll leave, and never get touched or talked to, or and they'll just come in and they'll go out. It's a reality. It happens every everywhere these big meetings are happening on Sunday mornings. 
These worship services, these church gatherings, these meetings. Listen to verse 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. And to fellowship, and to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Sort of a summary statement that's fleshed out in the next few verses. But together, all the people. So, so how many? 120 in the upper room? Some 3,000 were added, so you could, you could guess what we know of 3,120 people were together. Devoting themselves. And, and God, you, you read on down, going down to verse 40, 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Church. And, and I've preached this many times and, and I've had people, been in conversations about this actual text, the 41 through 47 text. Many times, and I hear people say things like, yeah, but that was way back then. Things are different now. Things are different now. We, we just got, more, we got more, more responsibility, and we're more distracted, and, and we're busier today than they were back then. We come up with a lot of excuses but I've not get, uh, you, you rarely hear any really good reasons why we shouldn't be this way anymore. Uh, l- let's read it. Let's just read down through here. I'm going to read and not say nothing in between. Some of you are like, thank you. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property. I'm biting my tongue here. I wanted to say something here, but I'm not. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Isn't that an amazing picture? Isn't that just the most amazing thought? It's so amazing that for many inside of the local church today, they say, wow, who is that? Who, is, who are they talking about? Who is that talking about? Who is that group of people? Guys, that's the early church. That's how it started. Guys, that was the church in its infancy stage. That picture of Harley yesterday. That's she got the same blue eyes. She's got the same little curly hair. She's just a little bigger. She's got the same DNA. She's got the she's got the same little attitude. It's just gotten older and more cemented. But it's the same little girl. It's the same little girl. 
You know, if we're honest, and really honest, how similar, and, and, and in the defense of some, before some catch me in the hall or email me or say, Preacher, let me tell you my story. Praise God if you have that story. Praise God if you're still in one of this. Praise God if you're still continually meeting and daily breaking in bread and devoted and worshiping together and fellowshipping together. Praise God, but I can, I can say that most are not. Most, if, if anything, it's fragmented, it's splintered. It's, it's The only thing we got going on is he sings to y'all and I talk to y'all and we all kind of on the same colored pews and the same colored carpet and we're using the same air conditioner right now. You say, preacher, how do you know all that? Because I just sat through a directory. And I saw many, 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 many of you come through. And I had many, many, many of you say, I'm so thankful we're doing this. Because I've been going to this church for a long time. And I feel bad to say it, but I don't know anybody. Really? You've been going to this place for a long time and you don't know anybody? They were continually devoting themselves, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those, all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. They just took care of each other. Before people get really messed up, they, usually most folks skip over this because verse 45, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing with them all as they might have a need. A lot of people are like, oh, I ain't reading that. They, you want something, you better work for it. Stores down the street. I bought mine, I've earned mine, I worked for mine, I put in the time for mine. That's our culture. That's our world. But it's not who we are. I'm not saying, this isn't teaching communal living. There was, the Greek word here, koinonia, there was fellowship, there was intimacy, there was a closeness, there was a unity, there was a, there was a together focused on Christ. There was a love for one another. I've been here now six, I can say six plus months now. I do the math and it's by probably six and a half months. And I probably know more of you than each other knows of you. And I've been here six months. And some of you have been here a long, long time. Look how far we've come as a church. They were together. They, were, they had all things in common. They shared. Hey, hey, and, and notice they noticed what it says there. As anyone might have a need. They did, just didn't go out and sell it and give it all away. No, if somebody had a need, they took care of one another. They met one another's needs. We don't even know each other inside of churches today. And guys, I say again, this could be talked about in every community they're coming together. When there's 
All of these churches up and down these streets that are inside of one of these big boxes like this that are all sitting together. Yes, we're singing to the same God, but we don't know each other. We don't know each other. We don't meet each other's needs anymore. We don't take care of each other anymore. We don't. This is how I explain it. You know, uh, you know our landlines. You know our landlines. You, you got your fence out there. Your four by four that's holding up the fence. The four by four. Most of us we'd eat two by four by two. Because that's their side. That's 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 their land over there. Who is that? Who who is that person over there? We're talking about. That's my neighbor. Well, what's her name? I don't know her name. (laughs) I ain't messing with her. But that's your neighbor. What's his name? Oh, I don't know him. But that's your neighbor. I would never embarrass you to say, who's that person sitting in front of you right now? I would not embarrass you and say, hey, who's that, who's that, guy, who's that guy behind you? Who, who's, that, who's that lady across the way? Who, I wouldn't go as far as for some of you, even now in a room like this, say, hey, who's that beside you? No, not your wife or husband's side, the other side. Oh, I don't know. He sure is loud, though. And we wonder why people can walk up into large crowds and be lonely. We can walk up into large crowds who sing beautiful songs. That choir special this morning was sweet. That was awesome. We're going to get to heaven and we're going to know and be known. And down here we don't even remember the same body. We don't even know each other. You can't even get to the, to the taking care of each other's needs as, as anyone might have a need. I don't, I don't even know her, much less know what's going on with her. I don't know. Why? Why? Never had a good answer for that one. Never had a good answer for that one. Why is it that way? Preacher, you're supposed to know everybody, and we just go sit out here and kind of bump around. And you're supposed to know when I'm sick, and you're supposed to know when I'm in the hospital, and you're supposed to know when I have a need, and you're supposed to know right before my head starts hurting to call me and say, how's your head? If not, then you're not meeting my needs and you're not taking care of me and you're not, you're not being the pastor and the shepherd I need. Because I'm the paid guy. Be honest. Danger in church, the reason we're in the mess we're in is we, got, we started lying long, long, long time ago. We started just glancing over. We started sweeping it under the rugs long, 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 long time ago. Look how far we've come. Well, somewhere between here and here, something happened. Because now the only ones that's supposed to know are the paid guys. 
Maybe my Sunday school teacher. Maybe one or two. Is it, I don't know if it's a trust issue. I don't know if you... And listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm fixing to say something you probably never heard from a pulpit at Chapel Hill. Some people probably heard Dr. Jerry or Brother Tim preach a sermon similar to this. And one of you said, well, you know what? I'm going to reach out. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to try to get to know my neighbor. And you reached out somewhere down the, somewhere, and you kind of you lifted up that blind and said, Hey, neighbor, I'm Shannon. I'm not perfect, but I need a friend. And here's what happens. That person then turns around and goes to somebody else and says, Can you believe what she said? Can you believe what he did? And backbiting and slander and gossip. They were continually gossiping about one another and tearing up everything the preacher and any of their Sunday school teachers talked about. Anytime there was a fellowship, they said their cakes was better and my... Mine would have tasted better. And can you believe, did you try some of that? I think I saw a dog hair in hers. Bet you Dr. J didn't mention dog hair at the pulpit, did he? I'm going to tell you a secret, church. I'm going to tell you a secret, family. I'm going to tell you a secret. It's a dirty secret. A lot of people inside the same room and we sit on the same pews and we, we sing them songs and we can't wait till we get to heaven. But down here we don't even like each other. We don't even like each other. We don't even like each other. Ain't my fault. I've been here six months. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Can't blame the preacher yet. But some of you just give it a little more time. Because I'll be done done something or said something. Some of you have already tuned me out because doggone I can't believe. No man of God should stand in the pulpit and talk about dog hair. Especially inside of a cake. You're looking for something. You're just mean. Look how... Just look how far we've come. So they then so then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day they were added about three thousand souls. We want to see revival happen. We want to see revival happening in church. Day by day, verse 46, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. I want to be a part of that church, don't you? Who, who in here don't want to be a part of that church? We all do. What's stopping us from being that church? Because here's the deal. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. That church is contagious. 
That church, that church is on fire. That church has something that, that God wants to grow, that God wants to feed into, that God wants to, to see thrive. That's the kind of church God wants to see just explode. Why? Because day by day they're continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. It's, it's a constant, it's a continuing. Go back up, go back up to verse 42 and look at how the verse started. They were continually devoting themselves. You know where it all starts. Right here. It starts in me. And I use Shannon and you have to use you. Wendy has to use Wendy. Jennifer has to use Jennifer. And around the room, each individual person, it has to start inside of me. It has to start inside of you. I'm doing everything I can to memorize as many of you as I possibly can. When I get to the directory, I'm going to know you. I could, I could pick every one of you out of a lineup if I had to get you at the police station. I'll, I could get you. May not know your name. I'd say, hey, that blonde right there. Yeah, he's mine. That bald-headed one over there. He's mine. That's Rick I'm talking about. Y'all knew it already. Yeah, that's what he's talking about, Rick. Church is fun. Church is fun. It's okay. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cut up. I think people are scared sometimes when you laugh inside of church. I think people sometimes are think, oh, well, you're not being reverent. Continually, day in, day out, in the temple and from house to house, breaking bread and fellowship, and together they, had, they, they took care of one another, they loved one another, they met each other's needs, they got into each other's lives. They were able to pray for one another. And I get you. Listen, some of you have been hurt so bad, you ain't ever coming back out of your shell. And listen, I'm going to be honest. Some of you were hurt by Christians. Some of you were hurt by sweet little church folks that come up to you and said, Hey, I want to be your friend. And all they wanted was the dirt. And all they wanted was you to open up and be real. And they took it all and they smeared you all over this town. I get it. Some of you are hurt. But God loves you. God could do something right here. God could do something right here. God could do that right here. God could, God could just, His Spirit could fall on this place and break hearts and get rid of old past hurts and get rid of old past things and the past issues and the the things of the past. And I know, I get it, and I'm running out of time, and I get it. And some of you are sitting there, but I get you, Brother Shannon, I know it. You just don't understand. I don't have to understand. I know who God is. I know how God can, God can take people who are so at odds and make them best friends and change entire rooms just like this. Because one guy had a group on his side and another guy had a group on his side and them two come together and became best friends and then all of a sudden said, Wow! I just never did because I thought he or she wouldn't agree with it. Listen, be who God saved you to be.
Be who God saved you to be. Quit. If you're following some crazy psycho man or woman in here, listen, they're crazy and psycho. The only person you're supposed to be following is Jesus. You hear me? The only person you're supposed to be following is Jesus. Not a preacher, not a Sunday school teacher, music, youth, or children. Forget all of that. You follow Jesus and be who He saved you to be. And you know what? When that happens and you say, Holy Spirit of God, help me love folks like I should. Help me see people the way you see people. Help me minister to needs. Guess what will start happening? You'll start seeing people. Wow. Hey, where have you been? I've been sitting by you the whole time. Which leads to the greatest, most healthiest conversation that can be had. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that I ignored you. That I looked right past you. I am so sorry. That I stood in, in that room and I worshipped and I praised. And you were right there going through that. And I was so selfish that I didn't even see you. Guys around this room are people that God puts you beside. You want to see the church explode? You want to see God add to it daily? You want to see, you want to be a contagious look? Notice this. Notice this. Praising God and having favor with all the people. They, they had favor. People out there heard what God was doing in here. And it was like, wow, I want to be a part of that. Who don't want to be a part of that? Guys, if it's us, if it's me, Lord, in the name of Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for anything that I'm doing that's pushing people away. Forgive me for an attitude, an arrogance, pridefulness. Forgive me, God, for busyness and distractedness. Forgive me, God, in Jesus' name for Shannon, whatever Shannon may be doing. If I think I'm better than them or smarter than them or no more than them or Got a better looking wife than them? You should have seen her face right there. Camera's got that too. You need to write that down. We got to get out of the way and let God be God. Can I, uh, Casey, do I have your permission to steal one more invitation from you? They're going to play like a bunch of invitations one of these days. I want us to buy heads I don't know who this was for I don't know who needed this this morning you may be the one that's sitting here all by yourself you may be the couple that bounces in and just kind of bounces out or you may be the one that that got burned in the past you may be the one that leads the largest clique in the room. And that thing is so closed. Or you got you a couple or two and you don't want nobody else. And when you meet, all you do is kind of dog and backbite and slander and gossip about the rest of the room. 
I don't know who you are. But I don't want my life. Let me just tell you me. And then I'm going to get quiet. I don't want to hinder anybody else's walk. I don't want to hinder anybody else's worship. I don't want to stand in the path and stand in the way of anybody else being really, really close to Jesus. And you know, I, I'm put together in such a way that I want God to use me around this room in your lives. You know what? I don't think it's just the paid guys that should feel that way. I think you're put together in such a way that God wants to use you around this room and the lives of those here. Every one of you is supposed to be here. Every one of you is precious. Every one of you is necessary. But you're part of this family. If you got problems with somebody, you need to get over it. Maybe go to them and say, look, I'll, I know we've been at odds for a while, but I need to take the first step and I'm going to come to you and I... This hurts me way more than it hurts you. Look, I'm sorry. That may be you. I want you and God to just have a minute or two. Right there. I'm going quiet. Just talk. You and Him just talk. As you're continuing to pray, I want you to hear the word of God speak into your life. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who? Although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant 
and being made in the likeness of men. Father God in heaven, your sons and your daughters, we just... God, sometimes we let our emotions, our feelings, our flesh dictate our actions. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for this room, for this body, for this church. God, if we're not careful, we really think about how far we've come. We've, yeah, we let our flesh and we let our emotions and we let our attitudes get the best of us and sometimes we allow Satan and the enemy to drive a wedge between and sow discord throughout God forgive us God I pray in the heart of every person in this room that you would start in each one of us Lord healing and forgiving God, we want to be used by you. Do it, Lord. For your glory. For your namesake. Not so that we'll be seen or made much of, but God, so that you would receive all the honor and glory for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen.